irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to the Power of Love Radio Show, only on LA Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power of Love, sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. We believe that through the power of love, nothing is impossible with love on your side. I am TJ Jackson, and with me I have both of my brothers, Terrell Jackson. What's going on? And Taj Jackson. Yeah, Todd, I didn't have you. Yeah, what is that? I, I I was looking at the the console. <laughs> like, is he muting me? <laughs> like, you know, it was like instinctual. I don't yeah. know what that means. Yeah. Maybe it was a sign. It's foreshadowing. <laughs> well, we are live here on the Power of Love show. So if you're listening to us right now, thank you for joining us. Later on in our show, we will be taking some phone calls. Uh, we have a really important topic. Uh, domestic violence is going to be the topic today. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, last month was Domestic Violence Awareness Month, mm-hmm. and um, I mean we're November one, but all of October. But it's something that we just didn't want to do in November. We want to do close, but we wanted to make sure it's still. It's, I think it's something that needs to go on beyond just October. Is what of course, the point yeah. is. Yeah. So that's going to be the topic. Obviously, you guys can start tweeting in at DDJ Foundation. Anything you have, any pictures, any statements, any comments, quotes. go ahead, quotes, go ahead and start tweeting them in. Here's a disclaimer, because my brothers won't give it. We are not licensed therapists. We are just ordinary people who have experienced loss in our lives. We've been impacted by it, and we've learned how to grow from it. And we want you to share our opinions. We want to share our opinions and attempt to help you navigate whatever you're going through, saying that if you need professional help, We urge you to seek it and to find it. Do not just rely on us. Um, As we like to start our shows, I'll start with Terrell. I always start with Terrell anyway. Terrell, how was your week, man? Good. A lot of stuff happening. Yeah, Um, right? Yeah, we did. And I'll save save the DDJF stuff for all of us to talk about. But for me, it was baseball. It was crazy. The the World Series. Oh, my goodness. I don't think I've seen a better World Series. It's a good one. Game, it's a good five, game two was really good. Game two was really good. The Dodgers lost that one. It was really good, and I thought I wasn't going to see a better game. But game and five. then game five came, and that was incredible. Todd, how many World Series games did you watch? I, I'm proud to say I have not watched one. Terrible. TJ, he was shocked when I said the Dodgers and the Astros are playing. He was asking me who's playing on the American League. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> Astros? He's from the days of Astros being in the National. Yeah. Wow. But um, they played yesterday. Yeah. The Dodgers won. We got Game Seven tonight. It's great. It's great for baseball. It's it's a great series. Um, both teams are playing incredibly well. Yeah. So that's great. And Todd, then Halloween was yesterday, last night. Okay. So Taj, anything else besides non DDJF Hill LA Halloween event that you want to share with us before? No. So you want to go straight into the event on over the weekend? Why not? Okay. So Friday we had. Our second annual costume for a cause mm-hmm. uh, event, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. It was really good. It, it, it kept. I mean, it, it was just really cool. A lot of great costumes. It was bigger than last year, more successful than last year, and um, it was just a really good event. You know, and and the whole purpose, one of the main purpose of the event, is to bring awareness 
to DDJF. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, uh, Hill LA was with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a shout out to, T- to TLK Fusion for mm-hmm. helping put together the whole thing. We thought you guys did a great job. Yes, but um, it, it was just a solid, solid event. And before I hand it over to one of my brothers, I just want to thank each and every sponsor. There was a lot of you guys who donated uh, your time, donated your product, donated mm-hmm. even some money to help uh, DDJF survive and, and, and put off um, a great event. Yeah, uh, our sponsors are on our website, so go check them out, everyone. They really helped us out. Todd, what, what, anything else you want to say about the event? Cause you, you, this is like your favorite thing is yes. this event. This is where Todd comes to live. Um, he's usually sleeping throughout the rest of the year on DDJ. Yes. <laughs> but this event, he is, he's committed and really dedicated. So, Todd, go for it. Well, first of all, Halloween is one of my favorite holidays, you know, besides Christmas and New Year's. But it is, I mean, just seeing the costumes. I love the costume aspect of it, but... Just raising money and raising awareness for DJF, it, it's important. A and B, I just I have so much fun doing it because it's it is it's fun seeing everyone in their costumes and what are you gonna wear and this and that. But um, besides all that, yeah, what is it? I have a, no, no, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah hook me up, up, man. Yeah, he's looking at me like crazy. We're getting filmed and ter- there's a braid or something sticking up. <laughs> well, that's your no fault. one's helping me out. Hey, I'm gonna you to see this. I'm signaling to Taj. Thank you, TJ. He's and I'm, I'm I can't like, you know what? It. He's on the road. He's talking. He's committed yeah. to what he's saying. Terrell, you're right next to yeah. him. Fix his thing. And he's like, what? What? I, I don't know what you're pointing. Just letting me fall. All right, I got it. I got it. But anyway, and yes, as you mentioned, TLK Fusion. You know, we couldn't do it without you. And also Hill LA, which you know we partnered with for the first time. Did you, did you guys get the same type of uh, – go ahead, Terrell, before I ask this question. What about you? Um, about the party? I think yeah. it was great. We got it. We thanked them at the at the, the event. Yeah. But we got to send a special thanks to BG. Yeah. Um, it's really his weekend that um, – because he has this big party, and, and he allowed DDJF and Hill LA to – We hijacked his yes, party, basically. To, to piggyback off of his, his great, brilliant mind. I mean, the mazes that he had in there, the, the scary mazes – were great. Um, my friends are still talking about it. It's funny some of them chickened out on some of them, but um, the decorations, everything was just great on that. Yeah. And we have to thank him again. And like you said, all the sponsors, all the all the volunteers, um, our board, everybody, everybody that yeah. that chipped Shout in out and to helped. Our board and, as well. You know, Good it call. was like you said, it was for fundraising so we could continue to put on the show and and other things we do at Boys and Girls Club and. And bring awareness, so it was it was a success. And you know what's so cool? I mean, last weekend, last year was the same thing, but this whole weekend was was just fantastic because it's it's really our time to really. I feel like we're really making just doing something great, you mm-hmm. know. And we're talking about Friday, obviously the the night where you know it was good to see you know all of our big sponsors, but all of you know the awareness and the, and doing that. But Sunday was. Was even better. Even better. Yeah. Because Sunday, you know, Heal LA really took the the lead on, on Sunday. And, you know, we had, what, over 150, I think 200 kids yeah. um, from, you know, Boys and Girls Clubs. The kids we brought were for a lot of them from our old music therapy programs, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, foster care kids yep. that are, are really, really going through it. And to see them have such a great time on Sunday yeah. was so rewarding and so impactful for us. So, again, we want to thank everyone who, but not just the sponsors, the board, Prince, Heal LA, 
uh, John Muto, not just you guys, but really the people who help make DDJF happen. All those people out there who are donating 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever you're donating, it's making a difference. So really, I can't thank each and every one of you, but around the world, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I don't know if you guys felt this or, or realized this, but I did when I was on the red carpet. The, the event takes place at Havenhurst, which is like the family house. Um, and and that was the spot that we went to when our, our mother passed, that we went directly there from the hospital. And um, I remember being there, and I remember seeing all of our uncles. Um, our Uncle Michael flew in. Um, all of them were there. And I remember just for a split second, I was being asked a question, you know, how, how DDJF formed and what is it, what does it do and everything. And I glimpsed to this area in the property where I clearly remember seeing all my uncles hugging and and um, just everybody being loving and supporting us. So it, it came full circle for me. Um, all that love that was there when we left, when, when our mother left us, and um, just what we're doing and, and how many people we're helping and, and um, everybody that's helping as well. So I, it just, it was a moment for me. Awesome. Well, we're going to take this moment to announce and introduce our next, our guest for today. Right. Um, as we said earlier in the show, our, our topic is domestic violence. And we've known this, actually, this next guest, she showed us a picture, me a picture a year ago from way back in the day. So I guess we've known you for over two decades. And um, <laughs> she's being quiet. You can, you can say hi. Hi. Oh, my fault, Gigi. Hi. Strike so, two. Yeah, that's, that is strike two. You do that. <laughs> you get yeah, you, know, you know what I really found interesting muted. right there? Yeah. Taj was telling her to get closer to the mic. Which Were I thought you, Taj? Was, yeah, yeah, I thought that was actually Thanks, very quite well, confusing. But. Today we have Gigi Taylor, and Gigi is very passionate um, about domestic violence. I remember when the 2020 episode came on, and we were talking about how our mother was murdered, Gigi... Uh, I don't know if you tweeted, Gigi, or if you made a comment, but you're like, you have to acknowledge that your mother was also a victim of domestic violence, and you're absolutely right. So when, I, I mean, all our interactions with you, it seems like, Gigi, you've really, um, you know, you've really grasped, grasped domestic violence and really learned a lot about it, and we wanted you to come here to share with the world about uh about domestic violence. So my first question to you is, what is domestic violence? Well, I'd like to say, first of all, I'm a survivor of this domestic violence. Oh, I like um, it. That's why I'm speaking. So, Just, yeah. is that better? Yeah, yeah much okay. better. And um, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. So a lot of people do not understand what domestic violence entails. So I'll just give a brief uh, yes. statement about that, okay? Yeah. So domestic violence is actually a pattern of abusive behavior that is used by one partner, which is the abuser, mm -hmm. uh, to gain and or maintain power and control over the other partner, the victim, mm -hmm. in an intimate relationship. Now, intimate relationship is meaning the partners are either currently married, used to be married, current boyfriend, girlfriend, used to be boyfriend and girlfriend, uh, or even currently live together or used to live together, or they have a child together. Really? So... Domestic violence isn't, you know, uh, it's not really father and son, you know? Well. Or can it be? It, it, 
Actually, it, it can, can be. be. Okay. It can be. That would get into another whole okay. show. Okay. But yes, domestic violence can occur. Because domestic doesn't mean like within the home or within a, a loving situation. I think. Well, that's... again, it's it's more of uh, for purposes of this show. It's an intimate relationship. Is like you're married. Got it. Like so, I it's just a, said, it's so it's a it's a it's a relationship based on yeah it. intimate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and the one one thing I want to say is. Because when I asked you earlier, I said you as a victim of domestic violence. You corrected me immediately and said a survivor of domestic violence. And I thought that was pretty cool Um, and very powerful. You don't look at yourself as a victim of domestic violence. Well, I'm not a victim anymore. I was a victim. And because I have escaped Mm. um, and I'm no longer in that situation, that's when one can say they're a survivor. Okay. Interesting. So can like you that. share with us kind of your your story? Sure. And and how it went about like cuz you're in a, in a relationship in the couple decades ago and you had to deal with some domestic violence, is that correct? Yes. Well, <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, oh Lord, have mercy. Go ahead. So you I am um, do you want to not talk about it? I do want to talk about it. Okay. So um, I met my former spouse uh, when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, we married okay. in 1993. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't marry right away. We married after my oldest son was four. And the abuse didn't start until I became pregnant with our second child. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know the reason for that. But it was more verbal abuse, psychological abuse, and emotional abuse. There was no physical abuse at first. Then, as after my son was born, my, my younger son, that's when it started to get physical. And in December of 1995, right before... Christmas, uh, my former spouse uh, beat me, and he was throwing things, and mm. both of uh, both of our children, I have an older son as well, he was uh, five at the time, was there, and um, I remember him running, and had to find him, he was under his bed, I had to take him to a neighbor's, the police were called, uh, investigation ensued. And um, because of his, who his employer is. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it's what I'm what I'm trying to say is that he has a he's in a position of power. Mm-hmm. So it was very. Um, that's a whole nother... That's a whole nother subject, but it, because, you know, people think that domestic violence can just happen to someone who's poor or from, uh, yeah. you know, not if you're can, uh, upper middle class uh-huh. or anything like that, and that's what I'm trying to say. So it can we were happen upper, to anyone. anyone, upper middle class, no matter what your choice of career is or what you do, you can be famous, you can be so anything. So what, what are the different types of abuse? Because well, a lot tell of how I escaped. Sure, sure. I was going to ask. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. So go I'm a little nervous. So everyone listening, <laughs> forgive me. So, go ahead. Um, so I just wanted to say. So after um, 
after my son, my younger son was born, um, it, the abuse started, but then in December of 1995, it was physical, as I just said, mm-hmm. and the police were called, and they took pictures, and um, you know, I was bleeding, and uh, he hit me in the face, he threw a phone at me, it, it cut my head. Um, and you were married at this time? Yes, we were married. So we were married, I'm sorry, so we married in 93, mm-hmm. and we divorced in um, April of 2009. Wow. So so you, you went through a couple years of this domestic violence? Uh, about, yes, so almost. How did you make the change? So what I did was, there was a final incident that happened, mm-hmm. and that was uh, in 2004. Um, I was getting dressed, my former spouse was in the shower, and I said, you know, if you're going to not respect me, and at that time, and this is relevant to the story, is that he was having an affair. Mm. I said, if you're going to continue to have an affair, I'm not going to cook, clean, mm-hmm. and do all these things. Because I was a homemaker during my marriage. So I didn't work, and I was a, a, a homemaker. I stayed, I stayed at home mom. So I said, I can't continue to do that. And so he said, yes, you will. And I said, no, I'm not. I said, I cannot be your wife while you're cheating. Next thing I know, hand was around the throat. I hear my neck crack. Mm. And I wake up. I'm on the floor. It took me a minute to see where he was. And then, you know, obviously, why am I on the floor? What happened? Quickly, I remembered what happened. I stayed still. But I also remembered that my younger son was in the backyard playing with our dog. Mm. And I had to get up. And as I got up, he grabbed me, he set me on the bed and said, I can't believe you're alive. I knew you were dead. You, you're not breathing for 10 minutes. Wow. And um, he says, if you call my employer, I will kill you. As the tears streamed down my face and I saw his eyes, I believed him. My son comes in and says, mommy, my younger son, I was looking for you. Where were you? I said, I was in in the bathroom. No, I checked. Hmm. So I'm trying to make excuses, and he goes, oh, here, here, I had picked you a flower, and I couldn't find you to give it to you. He always picked me flowers. He's always done that. So I looked at him, and I said inside to myself, I have to start making a plan to escape. Hmm. And that's what I did. It Hmm. was my, my... I had to leave. I had no choice because I almost died. Yeah. Wow, that's, Gigi, that's very uh, powerful and commendable. And and I'm sorry you had to go through that. And just by, let me ask you this. When you share that story, what does it do for you? Does it, does it, does that help relieve you at all? Does it help, does it bring you down a notch? Does it pick you up a notch? What does it do? Hmm. It makes, when I tell my story, well, telling it today, I've I've told it to close friends before, but it makes me, it makes me sad. It makes me proud. Mm. I know that's not expected, but Mm. it makes me proud regarding, I guess, for my two sons. I I wish I would have left sooner. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I do. But it's not about being strong. It's about 
having courage. So when someone says, you know, you, need, you can just believe when you want or you should be strong, that's not about strength. I was already strong enough mm -hmm. to endure 15 years of abuse. I, I was strong. I learned that mm -hmm. in therapy. But I'm proud because I found the courage, mm -hmm. I guess, and it makes me... Um, Telling my story makes me feel like I'm empowers helping someone. Empowers me. That's what okay. I was going to say to help someone else. Okay. So, and over the years, you've kind of become really committed to learning and sharing, and, and bringing awareness to domestic violence in attempt to helping people who are going through it or who may be going through it, trying to give them the courage um, to do something about it. Yes. Now, I'll have to be honest. For me, when I think of domestic violence, I pretty much only think of physical violence. Um, I don't know why. Um, I know there's other types of, of abuse. But but if I, if someone says, I think most people, Taj, Terrell, you guys with me on that? Yeah. If I said domestic violence yeah. is kind of a physical image. But there's all types of, of, of abuse. Can you share with our listeners some of the types of abuse? Sure. So the types of abuse in a domestic violence situation um, that's perpetrated by the abuser and to the victim, it can be physical, mm -hmm. sexual, believe it or not, because mm. there is marital rape. Mm -hmm. So for those women, or I'm speaking from, today I'm speaking from a woman's point of view. Good. And yes, domestic violence does happen to men. Mm -hmm. It happens mm -hmm. to same-sex partners. But for today's purpose, I'm just speaking as a woman who was in a, the abuser was a, was a man. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does happen in those situations as well. And um, um, also a psychological abuse or mental abuse, mm -hmm. emotional, verbal abuse, mm -hmm. financial abuse, and spiritual abuse. Mm -hmm. And um, it includes actions that influence, you know, another person. It includes like... Um, that intimidate, uh, manipulate, humiliate, isolate, frighten, terrorize, threaten, coerce. Um, you know, they hurt and they wound someone. What? I, I don't know if you know this answer because you're not a perpetrator. But what is the what is the motive usually from someone who's an abuser? Is it just control? Is it? What is it that? Because I, I I can't put my hand. So, like I said in the beginning, it it. The crux of domestic violence, you remember, it, this is a behavior. So it is to, it, the abuser is, is trying to gain and manipulate, or I'm sorry, gain and maintain power and control over another person. That's what it is. Mm. And they use the abuse to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's, mm. it's a power, power thing. Yeah, it's, it's power and control. Okay. You want to have power and control to, to, gain, to, to gain power or control and then maintain it. And how do you do gain it and maintain it is by committing acts of abuse. Mm. And so that's... Now, um, the f domestic violence isn't just affecting the, the, the victim or survivor, however you're looking at it, but it also has a, a serious effect on the children. Right. But can I just real quick, just, yeah. just briefly, and um, I know that the listeners aren't ignorant that they're pretty smart yeah so they can understand so you know you ha the types of abuse just real quick you know physical abuse is any is can be any one of these things it's hitting slapping choking kicking shoving grabbing pinching biting pulling hair throwing things following the victim keeping the victim from moving freely um 
and um, deny, even part of that is also denying the victim medical care or forcing alcohol or drug use upon the victim. That does happen. Wow. I haven't experienced all of those things. My abuse was physical, emotional, verbal, psychological, and yes, my husband did rape me. Mm. Mm. Twice. Sorry. And so we have you know, psychological abuse, we have verbal, emotional abuse. And one thing that um, I think is really important to point out is there's a thing called uh, gaslighting. That's a psychological tactic that was done to me. And um, I've never heard of gaslighting, so, so what is it? Gaslighting is um, where, for, I'll give you an example of it. It was actually, the name was um, from a movie. Uh, where the, the the husband made the wife Tom. feel like she was losing, going crazy. So he would put the keys here, and she, you know, I thought I put the keys. Mm. Here. No, you did. Would move the keys and make uh-huh. her think. So I'll give you a quick example of what my former spouse did to me. He was. This stands out. I I can't get this out of my head. It's just so crazy that this happened, but it did. Uh, he was chewing gum, and I said, "Can I have some gum, man?" He was like, "What gum?" I was like, "Oh." You were chewing gum. He's like, I wasn't chewing gum. I was like, you weren't? He was like, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were chewing gum. Uh, Ten minutes later, he's chewing that same gum again. And I was like, what? I didn't know. And these, and he would move things in the house like because I was a homemaker. I would do things, and then I'd go in the bathroom, and things were messed up. And I was like, I, so it makes you think you're going. It makes you going crazy. You think you're going crazy. Yeah. But he, here's the, here's my question to that. Here's my response. It seems like you're an incredibly trustworthy person, and once you let someone in your little circle or in your life, you trust them implicitly. You trust them with everything, and you you value their honesty and expect their honesty and trust. I, I maybe not quite. I think that I have a hard time trusting. Maybe now. Maybe now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Maybe now. Yes. Because of your experience. Oh yes, I'm very private. I'm very private. I only have six followers on Twitter for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> were Were you always like that though? Were you no. always real private? No. Okay. No, I was I very out, the, very outgoing. Very. I yeah. think you saw the good in in everyone, and I, yes, you know, and and it's it's sad, but I think. Yeah. Some of us would have been like that, but we, you know, have been, from our family perspective, we've been kind of, we've seen, I don't want to say, I don't want to play like I'm a victim of any sort, but we've seen how the people can manipulate and, and things can get twisted. So I yes. think that helped protect us a bit. Um, I want to talk about children before we get into other stuff. Okay. I want to talk about children. What is it like some of the domestic, the, the effects of domestic violence on children are and even if you're going to speak from I, your experience, right. that, that I just want to point out, I think it's important. You know, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. Mm-hmm. I'm not even an expert on domestic violence. I'm just a woman who is a survivor of domestic violence. And I hope that I can share this story to prevent from happening. happening to someone or if a victim's listening, that they will hear my story and find the courage to Beautiful. that. that. So I just want to make that clear. So Beautiful. This is just my perspective. And, and what I experienced. So, you know, like with my children, mm-hmm. uh, I would say both my boys, um, when I did leave, um, I, I did make a plan. So when we did leave, both of my children were, from what I saw, were angry. They were depressed. My younger son gained a lot of weight. Uh, one, it seemed like he gained a lot of weight. 
he lost it since then, of course, but just ate, you know, would eat, you know, and just trying to like, maybe suppress everything. Because we were going through a divorce as well. So when mm-hmm. I left, it was divorce as well. Mm-hmm. So how I left also was I filed a domestic violence restraining order, which removed him from our home and protected me and the children. But our home was sold from under, he, another form of abuse he did, he sold our home from underneath us. We came home from, I picked up my children from school, we came home and there were people in my house, it was already sold. Jeez. So we were wow. homeless. Wow. So we had to live with my, go live with my mom, which thank goodness um, she was able to take us in. It was a very small condominium of hers, but we were mm-hmm. safe and mm-hmm. so forth. But my children experienced so many things. Um, my younger son was in therapy for four years um, and even had the courage to write his father a letter saying, you know, once you stop abusing my mom and once you get help, then I'll visit you again because I had sole custody, but their father did have visitation Mm. through the restraining order. And so what was your role as mom to your kids when they were going through this? Did you share with them your story a lot because that's their father? So did you you kept that within? My older son, he's 28. He knew and saw more. Mm. My younger son, who's 22, uh, this we, when we left, uh, it was um, he was nine. When he was 14, he saw an episode of verbal mm. that he never seen his dad do before, and that's why he was like, I don't ever want to visit him again. And um, he wrote him a letter saying you need help, and mm-hmm. wrote, he wrote his dad a very articulate letter. He's very articulate. He's very savvy, and he's pr- pretty mature for his age. So for him to be 14 to address his father, who is, I can say this part, he's a very huge muscular man, very intimidating, he's African-American. That was very hard for him, but mm. he wanted to, his therapist encouraged him to write, write him a letter, mm. and that did no good. And my son hasn't had a relationship with his father since then. But I think the letter did good for your son. It did do good for right. him. He knows now that... But it, it also helped him get it out. Yes, it did. You and know? he knows in, that uh, he has a letter that he wrote me. I brought it, but I won't read it verbatim. Mm-hmm. Saying that, thank you. He was so young. He's only 10 or 11, but he was saying, thank you, Mom, for your example. I know how to treat my wife when I get married. And, well, you know, this was so cute and innocent. Right. So um, I would say just depression. My older son has a lot of anger, had a lot yeah. of anger. But um, we all three, me, my younger son, and my older son, we have forgiven him. Mm. We have forgiven him. But for me, that doesn't, it's for anyone. Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean that's reconciliation. It doesn't mean I'm going to start having dinner with, or you know what I'm saying? Well, furthermore, he hasn't seen my younger son since he was 14. So I don't know if they will ever reconcile that part. But as far as me, I, f- I do forgive him. Are you okay with taking a couple of calls if you've had a couple of questions? Sure. Yeah? Okay. So if you had a, have a question about domestic violence um, or the story, you can call 323-203-0815. And again, I'm going to say it to you later, but I'm sure my brothers and I, or my brothers would agree. I just want to thank you for your courage to speak out and, and to share your story because I do believe you're helping someone out there. So thank you, Gigi. You're welcome. Um, thank you. I, but while we wait for some phone calls, did I get the number? 
I did, right? Yes, yeah, well, did. let's okay. say it again. Uh, the number is 323-203-0815. Um, before I take a couple phone calls, I, ha- I do have another question for you. Sure. You had said that there's a couple of misconceptions about domestic violence. Um, can you clarify on that? Can you? Sure. I, thought, I, thought, I think you have some good points on that. Yeah, so this is just what people have said to me or made a statement or asked me. They said um, one of the things that was told to me was, you need to be strong. Just be strong. Just, just be strong. You, sh- you should be strong enough to leave. That is the biggest misconception. Mm. It is not about being strong. And I said earlier, I was already strong to endure 15 years of abuse. I had to be strong to endure. It's about courage. Right. I had to find courage. A victim has to find courage. Because courage is doing something that you're afraid of. You're doing it anyway. You're afraid, but you you have to you have to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So, it's not about being strong. It's about having courage. So, how do you get the courage? For me, it was almost dying. For another victim, only they know when that happens. Wow. And you have to if anyone that's listening that knows a victim or, you know, a family member or a friend, it's very hard for you and it's hard for that type of, for that person because maybe you don't know everything about it and you're trying to help and you want to say, be strong or leave or, you know, all these things and sometimes that can make the victim cower. It it won't give them courage. So you have to... It can backfire. It can backfire, yes. So each victim has to have something happen that will lead them to that. Unfortunately, some don't live to to make that choice. You feel like the courage has to come from within. Within, not even that. Yeah, you just have to have the courage. Something will happen. When my former spouse said, you know, basically, why are you still alive? You were on the ground. You weren't breathing. Not not that I was unconscious in breathing. I wasn't breathing. Hmm. So I was thinking to myself, not saying it to him, it was like, as me as a Christian, I just saying my faith. I, mm-hmm. I was like, that was a miracle, and God did that, and For a reason. it's time to leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though I was scared, it didn't matter. I had to go. Had you tried leaving before? Yes. Yeah, tried. Was it was it was his behavior constant throughout, or was there patches where he had promised he changed and did change for a little bit, and it would come back? Or? Yes, that's exactly what happened, and that's a typical abuser. Mm-hmm. And the times that I wanted to leave, it would be I found Christ, I gave Jesus Christ my life. I'm I'm a Christian now, and. And I'm in therapy, and I bought this book, and I did. I was like, oh, wow. He's trying to change. He's trying to change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And right back. Yeah. And that happened many times, many, many times. Okay. We're going to take a phone call. Can I answer your question? Yeah. 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 No, we're going to take a phone call. Who do we have with us today on The Power of Love? Hi. um, This is... Sequoia. How are you, Sequoia? Hey, Sequoia. I'm good. How are you? Good. Hey, Sequoia. Hey, Gigi. What you got for us, uh, Sequoia? Well, 
My mom was actually a victim from my dad. He uh, verbally, um, physically, and sexually abused her, and I have witnessed all of them. Mm. And I was like really young at the time, and I remember I was I'm the youngest of three, begging my mom to leave. Like if you're unhappy. If you're done with this, leave. But she will always say, I can't. What about y'all? Y'all need your mom and your dad. And that made me feel like really guilty about it because mm-hmm. I start thinking that it was my fault. Wow. But she actually has stayed with him. And now it's like that guilt actually turned into resentment towards both of them because she's staying and making us feel guilty and now it just feel like she's complaining about it instead of she's voicing what she went through. Wow. Well, first of all, I'm sorry, Sequoia, that your mother went through that and um, I, I, I don't... you. I know you're just making a statement, but can I say something? You didn't ask a question. I I would say that, first of all, I need to tell you that it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry that your mom, as a victim, is, as your words, is making you feel guilty. Um, I never asked my children that. Oh, wow. I think maybe I asked them that. But um, I felt at a time that they probably did feel it was their fault. And I told them that it wasn't. So I'm sorry if your mom hasn't told you that or you don't feel that, but I'm telling you it's not your fault. Not your fault. Your mom has to make her own choices, and she has to find the courage to finally... Did you say that... that, Have they separated already, or is she still with your dad? She's still with him. Like, one time she did leave him, but she went back and nothing ever changed. Yeah. And it's like their room was right next to mine, so I could hear everything. And they would even often put us in the middle of an argument, and sometimes I would say, look, that's between y'all, not us. But then I would get in trouble for saying that. Yes, Sequoia, my, my question is, I hope you've had therapy in this topic. Have you? Actually, I haven't. I just actually been talking with my brother and sister about okay. it and even talking with other people on social media about domestic violence, but I never actually got therapy because yeah. my mom always believed what happens in this house yeah. stays in this yeah. house. And yeah, you, and that you, and made it worse. Yeah, and you know what? That's a very common uh, mentality. Um, I assume in, around the world, but I know, you know, as a black man myself, that's something I've heard a lot too. You know, um, so that you're not alone in that. And I, I'm just from my. If you ask me, if I heard this story a couple years ago, I, I probably wouldn't have pushed it as much. But what I've learned is, you, you got to talk it out and get some professional help, um, even if it's you know a couple of sessions you got to speak it out and 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 get some type of guidance because i don't want that holding you back in your life i don't know how much it's impacting you and truthfully i don't know if you know how much that could be impacting you so i think you got to get some type of uh 
some professional help. Even if, like I said, even if it's one or two sessions, just get it there and, and, and get some another opinion. You know, and you're amazingly strong and courageous for sharing what you shared. Mm -hmm. And all four of us here wish you nothing but the best and all the love and support. And we want you to know your story is not unique. There's many people that are going through it. Um, just a lot of people don't talk about it and they, they, they shuffle it away. Yes. They brush it away and, and it's going to come out some way. And I just, I hope all the best for you, Sequoia. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah, thank you. And I actually did realize how bad it affected me because like, when I was younger, I actually did try to commit suicide. Yeah. It's, but it's, now, I, I, I'm 28 now, hmm. and I realize that it's not my fault, but I guess that resentment is like still there. And you know what, Sequoia? You're 28 now, and I'm just telling you, as someone who's got 10 years on you, you, you it's not o I don't want to say it's not over because... But I, what I'm saying is, you're, you may not be finished healing. You may not. It, it's something that it's kind of like me with losing my mother. Even today, there's stuff that hurt, hits me differently than 10 years ago. So I don't want you to think that you're, you're past something when you may not be really past it. Um, there's so many different phases to something like this. You know, what happens in our childhood really can have a serious effect on us and. From your story, I think you—that would be my strong advice. I think I think also that um, by going to a therapist, it might link into certain things. Like you might go, "Oh, that's why I do that," or "That's why I do that," not even knowing that um, it's all this that you've held inside. So I think in that way, it would be very helpful for you to go because you probably have certain things that you do, not even realizing that you're that's doing connected. Them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sukoya, thank you so much. You, and it's Sukhoi. so great to hear your voice. Yes. I haven't heard your voice in a little while. But, thank you. But I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. And, and please take our advice on, on getting at least one session in, yes, okay? Yes, please, please, Sukoya, please yes. do that. I think we all got you in age here and experience, so <laughs> take our advice, Sequoia. <laughs> That's not yeah. a great thing. But I wish I could be 28. But all right, Sequoia, take care of yourself. Take care, Sequoia. Sequoia. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, you have yeah, it's just well. Thank you again, Sequoia, for calling in. It, it's tough. It's not easy to share personal no. and, um, and stories like that. You know, it's very courageous. And 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 I think I hope, Gigi, you too. When you when you share these stories, you do feel a bit empowered. But I want you to know that you're making an impact. You know, and both Sequoia and you are making an impact on people. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and I wanted to say I don't know if I said, but you know, I've had years of therapy, by the way. So I, I'm still in therapy. I still yeah. see my ther now. I still see my therapist. Well, my psychologist. I see her, um, and I don't mind sharing this. Um, I see her once a month, mm -hmm. just so she can check on just you. check or whatever. Because um, I don't want to get too much into this, but and I this is important. Um, some survivors, not all, but I did read this statistic. It's like ninety nine percent of survivors suffer PTSD mm. and I was diagnosed with that and I didn't believe the diagnosis I was diagnosed with the PTSD due to the domestic violence PTSD stands for uh, post-traumatic stress disorder okay and I was told this in 2013 and the therapist I was seeing at that time I said with all due respect I don't think I have PTSD that's only military people mm -hmm. and you know and um, I got another 
then I found a psycho- my psychologist now who specializes in PTSD. I wanted to see what she had to say. And boy, did it blow my mind. So in 2014, mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with that because the symptoms I was having, I thought I was just, re- I had already been gone. Yeah. But I thought that I was just um, being overprotective. Like I would constantly be looking out the window. Um, things I was doing, I thought it was just anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't. These were the symptoms of the PTSD. Wow. And I was like, wow. And I remember standing in my window one time because uh, my psychologist now said, well, when you start doing those things, tr- try to like recognize that you're doing them. And that happened one time and I started weeping because I was like, I do have it. Mm. And I didn't mm. realize and I just, I stood in, I wept. But now that you know that, it helps yes. you deal with it. Yes. And, and I do a booklet it. and it just, it's, um, and you can recover from PTSD um, and you can have triggers where it comes again, but it was really bad. And I have to say, you know, I was going from once a week to where I'm now once a month. I, I have a couple questions. You sure. Number one, when did you start going to therapy? Well, like, when was the first time you went to therapy? For domestic violence? Just period. And, and what were your thoughts? Because we've talked about this on the show. Mm. A lot of times people think mm. of therapy as something's wrong with me and they don't want to, they avoid it. Yeah, they do. And they also don't, they feel like, I'm not telling a stranger my business because mm-hmm. I don't know what they'll do with that information. Mm-hmm. You need to know one thing is that anyone who goes to a therapist or a psychologist or a counseling, they're bound by confidentiality and you don't even have to give them your last name. Okay. So okay. anyone can go to therapy yeah, right. and you don't have to say, like if you were to go, right, uh, right. my last name, you know, yeah. they don't even know nothing about you, but your first name, give them a nickname. It doesn't even matter. They don't care. They're just there to treat you. But, um, so I'm sorry. So no, so just, when just I, how'd you feel your first time going so to therapy? So when I, um, I, I wanted to go to therapy. So I wasn't like, had any like, oh, I, I wanted to go because mm-hmm. I needed to go. So when I went, um, is that what you're asking me? So I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I basically want to know, do you think you would have been able to be a quote unquote survivor without therapy? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> because a lot of people do try um, to avoid therapy, you know? I think, well, I was in therapy while, while it was happening, but my initial first therapist, I didn't tell them everything. Mm-hmm. So because part of my abuse that was being perpetrated was um, the psychological right. stuff. So it was like, it was me, it was me. So I was going to therapy for to fix me. Mm. And it w- wasn't me. Mm, right. It was him. But I was thinking it was me making him do the abuse me. It, I must be doing something. And so when I got the right there, well, once I found the right therapist and I could open up and really get to the nitty gritty of it, then I really started my eyes were opened. I was explained. And that, that probably I, helped give you the courage. Helped. It played a role. Um, it had to play some type of role. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I think that it it did give me, well, I can't go into yeah. this one part, but here's something that happened. I'll say it just real quickly. Part of the abuse was I I was misdiagnosed as bipolar. It was part of the gaslighting thing that, he was, that I explained earlier. I found a new therapist. It was like a team of five doctors at Loma Linda Children's Hospital. And they were like, you do not have bipolar. You are suffering from battered wife syndrome. Mm-hmm. When I found that out, they, I was on 2,600 milligrams of different medications for bipolar. I had a stroke in the shower. Mm-hmm. 
And so what happened was when I started getting with the right therapist, and what it was is I had battered wife syndrome, and then also I had ADHD. And so once I got off all that, I started having a clear head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I would agree the therapy, and then the courage came. Right. after that last incident because I was still afraid I mean I was feeling good and, and it was empowering like I was in therapy and I wasn't discussing what I was my diagnosis with him and I was like I was getting better underneath the radar mm-hmm. and then after that incident is really I was like I know I'm afraid but I'm gonna I'm going I have to do this for my children so did that yeah okay okay so we only have a couple minutes left so I want to get to the end of the show where we give some information out to anyone who could be suffering, um, any victims, uh, any family or friends who, who is a victim, or I just want to give some information to our listeners in case they, they see anything. So what do you got for us? Well, I just wanted to say, you know, anyone who's listening right now who's a victim of domestic violence, um, or um, if anyone who's listening and they know a victim and uh, you want help and are seeking resources and information, or even, um, you know, if you're questioning unhealthy aspects of your relationship and you live in the United States, um, you can call the National, the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. And for individuals who are uh, deaf or hard of hearing, the number is 1-800-787-3233. Four. And then also, um, you can go to their website, and they have so much information. It is. Do you know their website? Yes, I do. It's www.thehotline.org. Okay. And if you click on the um, Get Help bar at the top, um, they have so many things. And also, if you call in, it's totally confidential, and they are experts. Okay, right. And oh, then just one I'm last sorry. thing, uh, anyone who's not residing in the United States that's listening, I know this sounds really cheesy, but the truth of the matter is you can go on Google and Google the information and it will pop up where, whatever country you live in, like an, your your country's national or county area mm-hmm. hotline. Okay. So I didn't want to leave you guys out that are listening. I was considering you. I searched for so many things. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wanted to be more specific, but all I could find is basically just Google yeah. and you'll find something there. Perfect. Tara, what were you going to say? I was going to say, and this might sound crazy, but there are potential people that are listening that are guilty of domestic violence so i was just wondering if if you know any places if someone's guilty of domestic violence and are seeking help what can they call these numbers if you're an abuser is that what you're mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. if Basically. you're an abuser and you you definitely need to seek a psych professional help a psychologist or a therapist if you can acknowledge this that's huge mm-hmm. i know someone can say how can someone do these things and uh, can can they change? Mm-hmm. Some, no, because they don't think they've done anything like Mr. Bohana. Right, mm-hmm. right. that's right. Right, that's very God, true. I have mercy on him. He got, but <laughs> what I'm saying, I'm saying that but there are yeah. some that are, if you can acknowledge that, mm-hmm. you need to seek professional help. And you can Google, and I think any therapist can help with yeah. that. And they will definitely be able nope. to show you how to heal yourself and maybe ask for forgiveness or from the victim and that's that's very courageous and and huge it's courageous because you could save someone's life yes and a lot of stress and children and everything yes absolutely seek help if you think in any way you you tend to to do abusive things then then as terrell well you know if you're doing them 
Yeah, but sometimes, like you said, people think they're not doing anything, or it's not them, or maybe if you're on the, if you're on that borderline, if you don't know, if you're not too sure, like research. is this? Yes, I Get agree with you, TJ. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yes. Um, all right. Well, we got to close the show. But Gigi, again, once again, thank you so much yeah. for coming on, sharing your story, yeah. inspiring so many I can others. say one last word? Yes, real quick. I just want to say, if you're a victim who's listening, I want to tell you that it's not your fault. You're not responsible for your abuser's actions. And that I love you, I honor you, I support you, and I empathize with you because I've been where you have been. And my prayer for you is to have courage enough to... Make a safe plan to escape because it truly is a life or death situation. And for those who have had a parent or a loved one that has been, that was a victim that was murdered by their abuser, this is for them. I speak on their behalf and I hope they're proud of me. Hmm. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Gigi. That's so sweet. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Appreciate you. All right. Well, that's it. We're going to close the show. Um, again, thanks to Gigi for sharing and teaching us all about domestic violence. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you uh, we hope you guys listening uh, enjoyed the show and learned something. And we hope you, you know, you, you, you realize that you can play a role in helping others. Um, you can help yourself and you can help your loved ones and you can make a difference in the world. We will be back next Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m. Um, as we like to do, we want to share love and, and spread peace. And if you have any um, any information, if you want to know any more information about our foundation, go ahead and visit ddjf.org. Much love to you all. Todd, Cheryl, you guys anything? That's That's it. It. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to The Power of Love. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Support for our Power of Love radio show comes from a variety of generous donors, including supporters from institutions, individuals, and corporations through the D.D. Jackson Foundation. DDJF is a nonprofit 501c3 organization.